Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 12 of Guys Who Law. I'm Jesse Weber. I'm Andrew Eisbrook. And on this podcast, we break down the top legal issues, top legal stories of the day, but, but from a millennial perspective. And we got a lot to talk about this week, stuff that's constantly been in the news. You ready to start? I'm so glad we waited for today. We, re- we usually record on Thursdays, um, but today we're recording on Friday. And there was bombshell news that came out today. Bombshell news. So we we were off for about two weeks, and now we came back, and we missed the Kavanaugh hearing. And we were talking about whether or not we'll talk about it in our next podcast. Well, guess what? We have the reason. We have a reason to talk about the Kavanaugh hearing in its entirety because there was an update as of this recording, a huge bombshell about Brett Kavanaugh and whether or not that could delay or you know, delay his confirmation vote, or maybe he won't even be confirmed at all. It's about sexual misconduct allegations. We'll talk about that in a minute, but we are going to discuss the Kavanaugh hearing. That's not the only thing we'll discuss. Uh, so this, the next thing we're going we're to discuss actually came from a non-legal issue. So um, over the last week or so, an ad came out by Nike, a new ad that featured Colin Kaepernick, former uh, QB for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, he, you might know him because he was uh, the first athlete that had uh, kneeled during the national anthem, and they included him as part of their ad and took a stance basically on kneeling during the national anthem. He's no longer a QB in the NFL, so um, there's a lot to talk about there. But there also was a um, decision that was made at the end of August. Kaepernick had fired, uh, filed a collusion lawsuit against the NFL since he hasn't been in the league for a while now, and he thinks that the teams are colluding together. And there was a decision that came out that the claim against the NFL would not be dismissed and that they would proceed with essentially a trial and finding effect. So that's, the, that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, and then we thought a natural transition from Kavanaugh, Kaepernick, to how in Long Island there are pen dispensers that are actually crack pipes. Clear, common transition to what we do on Guys Who Law. This is breaking news. Breaking news. Crack pipes are everywhere. We'll talk about that in a minute. But let's first discuss Mr. Brett Kavanaugh. I feel like really that's the kind of like the who you call down for a game show. He doesn't quite sound like a Supreme Court judge. But more, but more fratty, probably. So as you know, Trump, President Trump, nominated Kavanaugh on July 9th to be the next Associate Justice of the Supreme Court. Hearings began the other week, and they recently ended. This was just from taking a step back. I couldn't help but think as I watched the whole hearings, this is going to be a guy who most likely will be confirmed. Maybe. Well, maybe. We'll have to see. But if he's confirmed and he becomes a a justice, he is going to be in the seat where he questions people constantly. How weird is it to see him in the hot seat being questioned by senators for days? Well, I guess that's, you know, standard procedure, though, for someone who's going to become a Supreme or trying to become a Supreme Court justice. So yeah, they have to expect that. But when you look at Clarence Thomas and Ginsburg, these high authorities, these untouchable, do you ever remember them being questioned and grilled? I mean, let's make clear, Clarence Thomas probably doesn't ask that many questions or grill that many people based on his his uh, his amount of comments in the courtroom. You, but. you and I <laughs> talked recently about cameras being in the courtroom in the Supreme Court. I thought he might be asleep and no one just ever <laughs> says it. He doesn't really ask a lot of questions. Yeah, so our viewers know he's pretty quiet during the hearings in the Supreme Court. But can you see somebody like Ginsburg being questioned? Do you see no. her having to answer questions and being grilled? No, and maybe the reason is because you we don't see coverage of what's going on in the Supreme Court, so 
I don't see her speak a lot generally. Yeah, there's a mythical quality. We might yeah. be saying, if he's confirmed, we might be saying in 50 years when we do our millionth episode of Guys Who Law, hey, hey, Andrew, <laughs> you remember when we covered the Kavanaugh here? We haven't heard his voice since 2018. Why did your voice get so gravelly? You have such a great older person voice. It's become, it becomes more raspy. My oh. voice finally drops at the age of like 75. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is just going to become annoying. But it's going to be like, hey, let's talk about the next episode of Guys Who Law. Okay, so the first day of the hearings was all full of protests and outbursts. It took up to 90 minutes just to get protesters thrown out. Uh, did you think it was weird they had all those protesters there? And How were they even allowed? Why was that allowed? No, I mean, I think this is a uh, – nominating any Supreme just Court justice is a big deal. This one's even more of a big deal yeah. um, because it could sway the direction of how the court decides – Potentially. Sometimes I just don't get it. Like, what are you getting from protesting like that? Is it, it's not going to make a change. I mean, media coverage, more people know about some of the issues that are, you know, that, that, uh, you know, could be decided with the Supreme Court justice, um, like Kavanaugh. Um, and it is, I think it's just like the most, even if you disagree with the people that are protesting, Personally, I feel protesting is one of the most patriotic things that you can do, even if you disagree with the protesters. I agree. I think protesting would be great, but if there was a result. I always think if you can protest and there'd be a result at the end, it's so worth it. But here, you're just getting kicked out, and you're not even on camera. But how are you supposed to know? Like When you protest, for the most part, like you're not going to know, oh, this is definitely going to change the result of what's going to happen. So are you going to say, oh, I'm not going to protest because I think this is actually not going to be that successful? When I protest... Things happen. You, you know that there's going right. to be a result. I once didn't have. I, I live in a building where there's no. There, I moved in. They have free bagels and muffins in the morning. Oh, really? That's nice. It's, a, it's the selling point. Wow. They didn't have bagels and muffins when I first moved in. Like they said, oh, we'll have it from six to ten. They ended up running out at seven o'clock. Oh, I protested. And yeah. guess what happened? They added more bagels and muffins. <laughs> you raised hell and you got what you wanted. Exactly. Clearly a different scenario, right. but you get the idea. Yeah. Uh, the Democrats wanted the hearing delayed because they wanted time to review all of these documents on Kavanaugh. I think the number was 483,000 pages of documents that they said, we cannot do our constitutional duty of confirming him of, of from the advice and consent of the Senate to confirm him if we don't have all this information. But what was that information, really? I mean, some of the, during the course of the hearings, we learned that there was a series of emails that came out from Kavanaugh when he was working at the White House. You're talking about the Cory Booker emails? That yeah, were yeah. I didn't see anything that was that bad. Did you see a guy that was uh, a racist or was against women? I saw a guy who said, I want to have a, a race-neutral policy for affirmative action. And all he said for um, Roe v. Wade is, I wouldn't be 100% sure it's settled law of the land because you have these justices in the Supreme Court who, if the case came down, may rule against it. But he didn't give any of his personal views. He yeah, just I gave mean, legal analysis. What, what I saw is that you know he might have been more involved in the nomination of other judges during the Bush administration than he, than he let on during testimony. So I think Booker was trying to catch him in, in, a, in a sort of lie that he made during his testimony. But you know, in terms of the general scope of what that lie is, it's it's probably not as big a deal as some as some of the other issues that people are trying to go after Kavanaugh for. So that that is not going to be what gets him. Or, or the stuff that you mentioned too. I he's if it was just for those things, he's I think he's still going to get through the confirmation hearings. When I read those emails, I I just was seeing a guy who was providing 
a legal analysis to a question. It seemed like a law school example. I don't. I didn't look at it as this is his personal views. Yeah. Well, I mean that that it's fine if he's providing like context and analysis on some of the issues. I think what Booker was trying to get at is during his testimony, from what it sounded like, he was saying that he had never been involved in um, you know helping to sway nominations of other judges. Um, and well, torture stuff too, right? Yeah, I mean, so I, I think he was trying to catch him in a lie more than about what he did generally. Well, some of his answers were weird in the sense like with the torture program, he was saying, he was questioned about whether or not he was the uh, an architect in the Bush administration's torture program. And it was a question of whether he was involved in it and he wasn't involved in it. And it seemed by all accounts, how could he not be involved in it when mm-hmm. he was such a big player? But then he kind of denied it. So I could see how people, if there were documents that would show him not being truthful mm-hmm. under oath, both then and in 2006 when he was a DC, when he was being confirmed to the DC circuit, that's a problem, right? If you can catch him in a lie under oath. So I want to ask you this too, yeah. before we get to the bombshell, which is really the big story of today. Um, what he's been saying throughout his confirmation hearings, whenever they, whenever someone, someone asks, how would you decide on a such and such case? He says that I'm not going to comment on how I would decide on any cases. All nominees don't comment on cases that could be decided in the future, and it's in respect of the uh, you know different branches of government and that sort of thing. What's your position on that? I think it's the best answer, and it's the appropriate answer. He's talking about judicial independence. How can I decide issues that may very well come before my courtroom? Um, that's inappropriate. I shouldn't talk about presidential executive power. I can't talk about Roe v. Wade. I can't talk about um, you know environmental issues, things like that. I can tell you what the settled law of the land is. I can tell you what precedent is. I can't give you my personal views because A, my personal views shouldn't impact my decision and B, every case is different. How can I make a decision on something? I think whenever any justice says that answer, it's totally appropriate. Well, the judiciary is really only supposed to be an enforcer of the law, not really supposed to be making the law. Right. Um, so, you know, that's the real argument there. I do see both sides. Like, you're bringing someone to the Supreme Court who's going to have a huge impact on um, the law of the land, what can potentially be interpreted in the future. You're electing representatives and the Senate and in Congress who you voted for that's going to either put this person through or not going to put them through. You want to know and have a feeling of what they would decide on certain issues before they go through. So the best way to do that is to look at their past decisions, and you can just base it off that. But sometimes there's not enough there. So I do understand the question a lot of times as, you know, what would you do in this scenario? Um, But as a professional in that sort of setting, I guess the thing that you have to do is say that that's it's not, you know, as as part of our job, we we can't say that right now. Can you imagine if he went up there and was like, I'm going to get rid of Roe v. Wade in a minute. Or <laughs> Second Amendment, booyah. Like, imagine if he just said everything that people expect him to. And yeah. I don't, I'm not saying I support him one way or another, but I'm just basing it strictly on what he said in the hearing. This is one thing that I thought was weird. He would say, "How I can't give an opinion on Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. but clearly he gave an opinion on, um, uh, you know, Board versus Brown of Education and how separate but equal was an evil, right. which is 100% right. So you do have an opinion on some laws, but you don't have an opinion on other ones. Is that because, yes, segregation is not going to be an issue that'll come up 
it's not going to be an issue anymore where Roe v. Wade could be an issue? I mean, I think it's a hard thing for judges just to be like enforcers in this day and age because most of the laws involve some degree of interpretation. And if you're interpreting a law, you're basically putting your opinion on it in some way. So part of me would have loved to see Kavanaugh say exactly what you said. Yeah, I'm against I'm against Roe v. Wade, or um, I'm, I'm I would decide it this way. Like I think people, even though even though it's going against everything that we, believe, we our country believes in in terms of separation separation of branches, I honestly think people would appreciate it because it shows like a level of authenticity because they know the judges have positions on this. Th- that's everybody always wants to just get out hypocrisy and people's lies. So if he came forward and was like straight shooter, he goes, "Hey, personally, I don't believe in X, Y, and Z." That's my personal belief, but I will not let my personal beliefs cloud my judgment about what the law is. Right. Then again, I've heard someone say, but someone's personal beliefs guides their view or their interpretation of the law. That's, I guess, fair to say. I mean, how can it not? I think a lot of judges try to say that it doesn't. Like, they, they're trying to go by the letter of the law. Um, but always, it seems like in many cases, they get to that level of the court like you wouldn't get that far into the into litigation of the court system if there wasn't any interpretation needed. So, yeah, it's 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 a tough balance. Like these judges obviously have an opinion; they need to seem like they're neutral, and I, and I do respect that. But in this day and age, people respect authenticity, and they want to know who they're electing and the person they're electing. Um, whether you know, Trump tries to come off as authentic and says whatever he's thinking, even though he <laughs> might alter facts about certain issues but that's kind of an example of why people might be attracted to him because he seems more authentic (laughs) well exactly that's probably one of the reasons he won i mean he did a he tweeted something this past week that is a perfect indication of what goes the the mind process when he made fun of jamie diamond oh yeah yeah he he goes jamie diamond doesn't have the smarts or the aptitude to be president he is a mess and a terrible public speaker, but other than that, he's a wonderful guy. <laughs> he just puts it at the end. He's a wonderful guy. I mean, I just it's its how he thinks. You can't yeah. help but like that aspect, even though I, the content of it is horrible. Yeah. I, my question, as I look back on the hearings, is who is this for, really? Uh, who was the hearings for? Because is it for the undecided senators that had to confirm him? They don't know which way to go. Is it for the public when these senators have to go for re-election? Or is it for the senators to have their day in the spotlight? They became movie stars for the last few days. They were on every TV screen. So Cory Booker's Spartacus moment, is that because he might want to consider running in a future election? Is it to show the world, hey, look how smart I am? Because at the end of the day, that Spartacus moment fell flat like a Pauly Shore movie. Well, depending on what the way you look at it, but uh, you know, in my opinion, what he released wasn't really a bombshell. Yeah. Um, I mean, so everybody knows he released some documents that were confidential within the Senate committee. Um, Wait, air quotes. Confidential air quotes. Yeah. Uh, he he doesn't believe they were confidential, and um, he could be for violating if he did violate those uh, confidentiality rules, he could risk being ejected from Senate, ethical violations, fines, et cetera. But he, still, he released them, and um, it, it, they basically said what we spoke about before. Some so it was nothing. Caught, he, like it might have been caught in them, like a sort of lie in terms of testimony. Yeah. We were covering a law and crime. Literally, he's talking about these confidential emails while I'm reading about it in the New York Times. I'm like, how is this, how is this confidential? Right, I'm, right. I'm reading about them right now. So it kind of fell a little flat. Yeah, I do agree in that, in that sense that it was a media moment. Um, you know, listen, I'm sure he, he, him and the rest of the Democrats don't want to get Kavanaugh through, um, but he is 
I'm sure considering a run in 2020 for president, and if he was ejected from Senate, I'm sure he was like, well, I'm trying to move up in positions anyway. This might be a good transition. You, how, you know, Kavanaugh couldn't talk about a lot of that back and forth between the Democrats and the Republicans. He was just sitting there, kind of like entertained, probably wanted some popcorn to watch the back and forth. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, guys, act like I'm not in the room right now. Just talk right. Just talk all about me. How yeah. much do you think he was annoyed at some of the questions? Because he couldn't be rude. He couldn't talk back to the senators. But how much was he like annoyed at what was being I mean, I'm sure he expected most of these questions. He knows that the opposition is going to go as hard as they can at you during right. a confirmation hearing. Yeah. Before, I mean, we haven't even gotten to this bombshell part yet, but but right after it was released, he he had a um, a letter from 60 like something women from his high school supporting him. So he was prepared for what was coming out. I'm sure the questions, other questions that came up, he was also prepared and and he knew that would come beforehand. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the bombshell. Yeah. In the most recent news, Senator Dianne Feinstein released a secret letter that accused Kavanaugh of misconduct in high school. The letter, the letter claimed that when Kavanaugh was in high school, he forced himself onto an unidentified woman. Not just that, she claimed in the letter that uh, uh, Kavanaugh and a classmate, both of whom have been drink, were drinking, turned up music that was playing in the room to conceal the sound of the woman's protests, and that Kavanaugh covered her mouth with his hand, but she was able to free herself and get away. And she said he, that they tried to force themselves upon her. Yeah, that they tried to rape her. Um, but now she says, look, this has caused psychological damage to me. She's had treatment following the incident. Kavanaugh has said, I categorically and unequivocally deny this allegation. I did not do this back in high school or, um, or at any time. And what we also found out is that um, Kavanaugh's classmate said that the woman's allegation, I have no recollection of that. Uh, this is huge. This is huge. This yeah. Is, they're still deciding to confirm him, and this comes out. And it, so this this letter, we people knew about earlier this week, but they didn't know what was in it. They just knew that it was passed on to the FBI. It might have had something to do with when he was in high school. But if this is true, this is a serious allegation. Huge. Um, so... Right now, at least from what we've seen, there hasn't been so much information that's been released, and we don't know who the woman was, is that the only other person in the room was the woman and the his friend, who's categori categorically denying it. So it's kind of a he said, she said sort of thing. Um, but How do you prove that? It's, it would be very difficult to prove, but I, unless unless other people who were friends with the woman at the time come out and can corroborate yeah. the story. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if a, even if a, a physician comes out and says, hey, you know, I examined right. her. I don't know if she had any injuries at the time or even her therapist or psychological evaluation could say, hey, listen, like these, she's exhibiting all the signs of somebody that went through this. Yeah. She's not making it up. I mean, I don't know if she would need to go public first before because right. her name's still not out there. Right. Um, but is it just the allegation itself enough to halt the process? I mean, the Democrats are going to try to use it to halt the process. Basically, Kavanaugh was expected to go through the confirmation process in terms of the votes and that sort of stuff by the end of the month. So they're they're going to say that we should delay those confirmation votes until we, we sort out what's going on here. Yeah. Um, there, so, yeah. yeah. There's something about it that um, – you know, couples with the the whole questioning when he was in the hearing about Kaczynski mm -hmm. and how uh, that judge that I think he clerked for him, right? And he, Kaczynski was charged or was 
alleged to have the Unabarber? Mm-hmm. No, 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 not oh. no, not the, the judge. <laughs> I'm Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, 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 different guy, yeah. different guy, totally different set of uh, crimes. Yeah. But like it adds into that, right? The whole sexual misconduct. You were working for a judge. You didn't know that he was engaged in all this inappropriate behavior with women, and now he's being accused right. of inappropriate behavior with women. I mean, and what's interesting too is this isn't like they're accusing him from a few years ago. They're accusing him from high school. Right. Which, if you're if you don't know anything about Kavanaugh and you heard this, you would think, okay, if he's much younger, maybe I could see this happening as opposed to somebody. I mean, this stuff happens in every age and every department, but for this guy. Maybe if something happened back in high school, it seems more believable. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think we're going to learn more probably over the next couple of days. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of news that comes out possibly over this weekend. Uh, we're recording this on Friday uh, or early next week. But this letter, honestly, has some serious allegations in it. I didn't know what to expect yesterday. We thought the first – we only got the first part of the letter, and it said that he just locked somebody in a room. And I was like, right. oh, this is a prank. Wait, yeah, what's the big like deal? Yeah, kids in high school it. is like, do that. Yeah. Or, you know. um, and then it came out – there was much more to the story. Yeah, this is much more, more serious. And it kind of um, – you know, when people see what's happening, it kind of reminds them of what happened with Clarence Thomas's confirmation hearing. Um, back when he was going through the nomination process, um, Anita Hill, who was a former um, who, who worked for Clarence Thomas, had accused them of sexual harassment. They also dropped that bombshell at the eleventh hour after the confirmation hearings were over, and um, he ended up being confirmed. But um, they, uh, you know, a lot of people uh, talk about today that her allegations were not taken as seriously as they should have been. Right. There was witnesses that could have been brought in that they didn't bring in. And, you know, a lot of people I know, uh, like, uh, Joe Biden, uh, says to this day that he regrets not bringing those witnesses in during that, that, that confirmation hearing. So it's a similar strategy in that they're bringing someone in at the 11th hour. They probably knew about this for a while. I'm sure this is something that was Why didn't they talk about it in the hearing then? Well, because... From what I've been reading, during the hearings, it's like super procedural, and um, they knew that it would be difficult to derail the process during the hearings. So what they do is they yeah, because it was a real <laughs> liquid, flowing, easy process. That it didn't was. seem like that on TV, but um, yeah, that's what I've been hearing. And um, putting it in at the at this point, where I guess the hearings are over, you're not people are not as focused on the other issues. They want people maybe to just focus on one, um, and then they'll go from there and see what happens. Didn't the FBI investigate him, though? They have a file on him. I don't know whether there's, like, a continuous investigation, but they said that they'll add this to his file. Yeah. And what does that mean, though? Like, I mean, they're, they're not going to open an investigation, but we're going to put this in your file. You know? <laughs> right. If you do any job applications in the future, you want to work at Kinko's, you know, this is going to be in the file. I mean, a lot of people were upset with Feinstein for not – releasing the letter earlier or involving them in the process. She was basically yeah. keeping it to herself for a while and saying, I'll take care of this. Um, the woman had reached out to, to her. Oh, I see. Um, Maybe it was a privacy thing. She's like, I'm only going to release it to you and don't make it public in the well, hearing. Well, she had forwarded it to the FBI. Right. Um, and she said she came out with that there was a letter. And then finally today we learned what the letter was. Um, so the, the flip side of it is, uh, if it's not true, couldn't it be somebody who was watching the process, did, doesn't want Kavanaugh to be elected, uh, to be nominated, and be like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna write this letter. Um, I mean, it could be. I, I would think that Feinstein wouldn't want to jeopardize her reputation by right. bringing someone who was totally not 
reputable and credible. Mm-hmm. Um, well, she didn't investigate who this woman is. Yeah, well, we don't really know much yet, so yeah. I think we're going to find out more. Yeah, um, if it is true, ooh. It's a, bad, it's, a, it's a bad one if it's, you know. He's done. He's yeah. done. I would, think, with somebody I, would, else. I would think it's, he's done if and he, it's true. Could he be brought up on charges or is it way too long ago? Probably um, the statute of limitations. I mean, I think it was early 80s that this happened. Yeah. Um, but I'm thinking with Cosby. No, yeah. that, was, that was different. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think it's all... Next week, I think we're going to learn a lot. Yeah. Um, we'll see if more evidence comes to light. If not, then it might be tough for this to kind of get anywhere. But All right. Yeah. So we'll talk more about it, I guess, next week. Well, let's rate this one real quick. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this eight and a half because Supreme Court justice is a big deal. Kind of uh, it will affect everyone's life, these kind of, these decisions. And I think it's it also affected everyone's life for the past week because it was all, all everybody talked about. I'll give it about an eight and a half. Yeah, I would go like 8.9 on this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I'm a, I think Supreme Court nominations are one of the most important things that happen um, you know, in that echelon of politics. And this news that came out today, um, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't, I didn't really know what to expect in the letter, and it was way more serious than I had expected. So, um, I'm interested to see what's going to happen, and um, I think it's definitely a story to follow. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on to the next one. All right. This is this is definitely a, a U-turn here. We're going to go into the sports world, and. So, you know, I'm not that big of a sports guy, but I think it's uh, interesting. You're not? For I it. thought you were a very big sports I guy. I like playing sports, but I don't, I don't watch so much. Or, do, do you? Or no? not, I've, I watch golf. You watch I play golf. <laughs> That's definitely you're not I've a sports guy. I've literally become 87 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're both not I go, sports guys. I go to sleep at 9 o'clock, and I find that to be late. We're, we're, we're law guys. We're not sports guys. Yeah. Uh, we're not what you call uh, <laughs> athletic. <laughs> Quotations. Cool. <laughs> um, but, so... Um, within the last week or so, there was a new ad that came out from Nike that showed a um, diversity of different athletes who had various struggles and overachieved them and became great athletes. And at the end of the ad was Colin Kaepernick, former QB for the 49ers. You might remember Colin Kaepernick as the uh, athlete that had kneeled during the national anthem and a lot of other athletes filed, uh, followed suit. Um, and was in protest to what was going on in this country in terms of race, race relations with African Americans, and uh, a, um, a large, you know, a, a larger proportion of them uh, being shot or um, incarcerated, uh, et cetera. So, uh, a lot's happened since then. Colin Kaepernick is no longer a quarterback in the NFL. Um, he's had trouble getting back into the league. And um, he recently filed a lawsuit against the NFL for collusion to keep him out of the league. Basically, that means that multiple teams or uh, it would mean that more than one team had had spoken with each other or had had colluded with each other to keep him out of the league um, because of what he did or because of, of his beliefs, et cetera. So. The NFL is probably not very happy this week because in the end of August, there this uh, this lawsuit had went to arbitration because the players in the NFL um, are part of a collective bargaining agreement which adopts arbitration as part of it. And the arbitrator decided that after the NFL had filed a motion to dismiss, that the proceed the, the lawsuit would proceed forward and it would not be dismissed and that it would basically continue as a trial and hearing so this case is going to be uh is going to go forward they're going to hear much more evidence on what might have happened 
um, internally in the NFL and between teams, why or why uh, Colin Kaepernick might have not been, uh, you know, drafted into teams or hired for certain reasons. So uh, I'm sure Kaepernick's happy that they can possibly find out more information. But uh, it was a big week for the NFL in terms of what happens with this case. So to talk about whether I think it was a good idea for them to do this ad, here's how I think about it. Nike is a business. It's not a pack. It's not a, a group that's you know, a charitable group. It's competing with Adidas and Under Armour, whose products are fantastic right now. And I get it. They need to make a big wave. They need to make a big stance. They have to do something that'll get the attention of people and customers. But why? Why on earth put profit at risk by doing this? You know, here's the thing. Everyone, I don't care if you're liberal, conservative, a racist, feminist, whatnot, everyone needs sneakers and everyone needs pullovers. I think a better ad would have been President Trump on one end, Colin Kaepernick on another end, and be like, everybody needs sneakers, Nike. It includes ev it includes everybody. Why create a risk of singling out people who don't support this ad? I mean, my belief is a business that tries to attract everybody attracts nobody. You really believe that? Yeah. I disagree with you, and I'll tell you why. Tom Cruise, okay? Tom Cruise, whenever it got into his Scientology believes what he thought about Ritalin, it hurt his business. Have you heard him talk about anything like that? His last movie, Mission Impossible 6, it was on course, the last time I checked, over $700 million worldwide, okay? It's the most successful Mission Impossible. That's because when you talk to Tom Cruise, all he talks about is his movies and like hang gliding. He does not get controversial. He doesn't talk about politics, doesn't talk about anything. He's just about making money. I don't care if you hate him or you love him. That's what it is. So why, if you're a business, why not do the same thing? But there are celebrities who do talk about politics and do talk about race, race relations, and I think they come off very well in the media. I think that it helps their persona in terms of how people perceive them. In some cases, it doesn't. I think with Tom Cruise... It probably hurt him that he came off as a little bit crazy. He jumped on a chair. All he, his movies it, back in that time frame <laughs> didn't do well. He didn't. Mission Impossible Three didn't do well yeah. at the time. And but, so everybody knows it's like this is not a legal issue. This is more of like a business decision that Nike made. But it, it it made this collusion case relevant. So it's interesting to speak about. Yeah, I read a, a poll among people ages eighteen to thirty four. Forty four percent supported Nike's decision. Thirty two percent opposed it. Uh, in a thirty five to forty four age bracket. 52% uh, supported compared to 37% who were against it. These numbers don't matter. The point is, I would have liked to see 100% of people support it. If you have a product that doesn't have to make dividing lines, if everyone needs an Apple computer, why create a dividing line? I mean, I get that sports is supposed to be like a great equalizer and it's not supposed to be political. But if there are problems in this country that are very real and people are not being heard and they not they want to get their voice out then you needed to do it you know in places where people feel uncomfortable like rosa parks when she went to the front of the bus like that was not a comfortable thing to do it wasn't expected so you need to do it in places that are not expected and in terms of the business side of this in nike um I think a lot of companies these days see themselves as thought leaders, too. They can't just be product producers. You have to do more than that in order to be a successful business. So they, a lot of businesses need to take a stance on issues like this you know, in order for um, you know, their perception to be more than just like a profit producer. I like that. I like that idea. 
But you're saying you don't like my ad, the Trump on one end, Ka- Kaepernick on the other. Well, that's everybody likes. Ad. Everybody needs sneakers. Honestly, I think that ad is entertaining and maybe would be fine. But I think this is more effective. I think taking a stance and being a more edgy from a business standpoint, regardless of what you believe in terms of whether it's respectful or you know, the players should be able to kneel or not. I think regardless of what you believe on that, this was a good move by Nike because it gave them more edge than they have currently. Their brand, in my opinion, has gotten a little stale. They've been around mm. for so long, and a lot of young people wear their wear their brand. They produce cool, nice shoes. Like they need to come out, come off more edgy than they did before. Adidas is looking great right now. The question is, do they come out with a controversial ad now? Does they, they, they look like copycats? Then. Right. I, I mean, then again, I don't know what I'm talking about because Nike stock has been up since the ad, and I think the company sales online jumped 31 percent after it was released. So maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, right. but it is the idea that you would create a potential risk is something that if I was running a business, I would not want to do. I'm wondering why they held this, in, or I don't know for sure, but they could have had this plan for a while and have held it till right now. Supposedly, I had read somewhere that they had been paying Kaepernick for the, like the last two years while he was out of the league, kind of like prepping for this and for for this moment. And now finally they, they use him and, and release him in his ads. Well, you know, I, I don't know the business, like maybe they were trying to roll out a product beforehand. They wanted to see how they wanted their numbers to go up in the quarter. Who knows what they wanted to do? We we were watching before we came on the actual ad. So they have, a, they have a, the actual commercial. We've seen the print ad, but there's a commercial for it that we watched. It is such a powerful commercial. You have all these different people, these different athletes who've gone through both physical, uh, emotional, social struggles, where they grew up, how they were born, and they all fought for their dream to get to the top and be the best athletes ever. Really, the most powerful ad. It's narrated by Colin Kaepernick, and at the end, he says the tagline. What's the tagline? It says it's, it, the tagline is, and this one is on billboards also. It says, "Believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything." He says that yeah. in the middle of the ad. Then they show more clips of different athletes, and then he comes back at the end. I just don't know if he added to that commercial. I think the commercial was powerful as it is because. He definitely added it to it because it wouldn't have gotten nearly the amount of attention if he wasn't in that commercial. Yeah, maybe. But the point is, is like if you have all these people who are transcending, like how they got to be at the, the number one athletes, the struggles they went through, you're having a guy who you're saying, okay, he made it to the top, said something that he believed in, and then he got he sacrificed everything and lost. It doesn't. I feel like it would have been better at the end of the ad than in the middle of the ad. Like be like, okay, here's somebody at the very end. He got everything that he was fighting for, and then he gave it all up. Well, he did something and had to give it all up. I just, it didn't fit, flow well with me with the ad. Well, I think that's more about ad construction, but the point is really not like where he was or was not in the ad. I think it's that, you know, the people that were in that ad all had to sacrifice something in order to, to achieve their dreams and their passions. Um, Colin Kaepernick obviously has a passionate stance on something, believes in something deeply, and he sacrificed everything, his career in the NFL, um, for what he believed in. Um, so I think that's what they were trying to get across, even though each situation was different. But, you know, listen, I would be mad if I was him. I, I pulled up some stats from his season the other by the, uh, the other day. By the way, in yeah. the ad, he's wearing like a, a pea coat with a scarf that looked incredible. Like I don't, it. <laughs> it's not Nike. I don't think Nike even makes that. I forgot yeah. what the ad was for. Yeah. I was like, I wanted to buy that scarf. Yeah, 
But listen, listen, listen to this. The last season in which he played, 2016, he registered a 90.7 QB rating, a higher rating than Carson Wentz, Eli Manning, and Joe Flacco. You are speaking a different language. Well, we, <laughs> what is both of us didn't know who those QBs what were are home, today. What are home runs? <laughs> but basically, th- those are very well-known QBs um, that have had long careers, and he's better than um, you know many of the QBs supposedly that are in the league currently. And he just can't get a a, a a job. Carson Wentz just won the Super Bowl. You know, yeah. if he had a better QB rating than a QB who just won the Super Bowl, then why isn't he playing now? It just seems odd to me. And then that's probably why he brought this collusion lawsuit, which, you know, is going to be a tough one to win because collusion has such a high standard. Basically, there has to be evidence, like physical evidence, like a call, a text, anything, something written that shows that one team spoke to another team. It can't just be a one team saying by itself that we don't like what he's doing. Hey, listen, we got the number one collusion investigation happening across the country. It's so easy to prove. We should get Robert Mueller on yeah. this. <laughs> Once Robert, I don't know what Robert Mueller Once he's is going to do, do after this, this but yeah. hey, we got a job for you. Yeah. What is he hoping to get? Money? A stance back in the NFL? Does well, he... they're not going to, you can't, you can't get it. They're not, he can't force them to put him back in the NFL, but he would get, the amount he would have earned for the years he hasn't been yeah. in the in the and probably league. something else yeah and, pr- and think a little bit, o- a bit you know, over that too yeah I watch yeah, ballers you know it's not easy after the NFL to generate income yeah and now he had to leave early I mean this this quarter he was in the Super Bowl Colin Kaepernick yeah um, this was a, a quality quarterback and now he can't get a job um, you know what's scary about that too is the older he gets the more time goes by the more he could lose a skill. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, what, that's what I'm thinking out, too. Like, I'm sure he's not working out as much as he used to when he was training for the NFL. Well, he's got more time. Yeah. He's got the uh, Nike ads. He does. I mean, maybe he's been making up for his salary if Nike's been paying him, like, during 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 the time off. Yeah. But he could p- play in other leagues to keep up with it, like the CFL or... Was he, was he endorsed by Nike before this whole situation happened? I don't know. But something interesting is that um, like since this ad came out, like, everybody's reacting different ways. And there's a baseball player who, um, Matt, he he had a cutout on his on the shirt under his uniform, um, and it supposedly had the Nike symbol on it, and it was cut out. So the the player was Houston Astros outfielder Josh Reddick. You mean like he doesn't like Nike? I get yeah, people were taking a stance on it. So oh, like yeah. I guess you know some people are boycotting Nike now, even though I think most people are not because their sales have gone up. But well, yeah. But I'm telling you, the product at Adidas is so nice right now. I don't think people would be boycotting that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's why he did it. Maybe he just, like, ripped shirts. But yeah. um, that's where the Nike symbol, I think, might have been on that one shirt. If this is proves to be really successful for Nike, you think they're going to do more controversial ads in the future? Yes, 100%. I mean, there was other athletes in that advertisement, too, that um, are really relevant. Like, Serena was in that advertisement. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, maybe their next ad is going to have to do with what happened at her match in the U.S. Open. Yeah. That she called out the umpire for being sexist. I mean, this isn't the first time they've done that. You remember they did the Tiger Woods ad after all the infidelity? Oh, they did, what was that one again? Oh, that was the ad. It was a still shot of Tiger with his father speaking in the background and saying, like, how have you thought about what you've done? Have you given it consideration? It's just like Nike. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they had to do it because he was the star of Nike. Yeah. It was something to do. I miss the days of Nike commercials when, like, Tiger Woods would hit that ball, and right before it went in, you see the Nike symbol. That was the best <laughs> Nike commercial, or Michael Jordan commercials, which are the best of all time. All right. 
You know, I mean, I think that was good for that time, though. But, yeah. like, you know, now people, I think, like this kind of stuff. You said they something like before. Where it's not It's not about just being product producers. Yeah. I like that term. Did it's you not come up with more. that? I mean, maybe I heard it in a book or something. That's a good but, book. I like it. Yeah. Say it again. <laughs> I read it in a book. I read a book. No, it's like they can't just be no, product co- producers. Companies can't just be product producers anymore. They want to know that they stand for something else besides just generating profits. Maybe. We we live in a world where you're constantly being covered by the media. I'd eat right? I'd eat M and M's. They even if they never did ads. I'd like I those do, ads. Like you know the ones with the little cartoon M and M's. So I don't know what they're. But like it can be something movies. like subtle even too. Like when you see those M and M ads, like they show something that oh they're having so much fun. Like I, this like would get me more friends. Like they're standing for that. It's not just like eating chocolates and <laughs> making money off of it. Wait a minute. That's why I eat M&M's. Yeah. But I, have I, no, can get a, I, I can no get a Mrs. M&M. Like I, that, yeah. I have no friends and I have no girlfriend. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> why am I eating these? Yeah. All right. Should we rate this one? Yeah. Let's rate, let's rate this one. Um, you go first. So, uh, you know, in terms of the collusion stuff, like since we are the guys who law, that's the legal topic. Although I find the, the Nike advertisement very interesting, but do it all together. Then. We'll do okay. We'll do it all together. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna rate this one a eight. Okay. Because um, I've always found it odd that Ka- the Kaepernick can't get back into the NFL and yet, y- right? Yeah, but you know, even if it's not illegal, I think it is troubling that 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 um, the teams are not letting him, you know, join their programs, be- maybe because that he has this sort of stance. And, you know, I guess they're private companies and that can be their personal prerogatives. It's not illegal to do that per se. But, like, in this country, the most patriotic part is freedom of the speech. And you're basically going to not hire someone because they are electing to to stand up for what they believe is their patriotic duty. Yeah, I, I give this one, I'll, I'll, I'll go with an eight too, actually, because it's not so much about this specific instance, but for me, it's a big issue in terms of if you're a business, what does that say about how you want to do your advertising and what position you want to make and how that'll affect your, your actual profits. Two, it's the ability to stand up for what you believe in. And that ad for Nike was really, really powerful. Yeah. in terms of sacrificing or doing whatever you need to do to follow what you believe in. So I'll give that. But I don't think on the grand scheme of life it affects everyone, you know, every day that much. But it's definitely a big It might affect the NFL now, too. Like, the NFL season just started. I'm yeah. interested to see what's going to happen with the kneeling thing this season. Yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah. Um, all right, so next topic. Crack pipes. Clear transition. Let's go. Uh, there's some strange vending machines in my hometown. Not my hometown. But <laughs> really? My, my home area of Long Island. There were two uh, near a Home Depot, one near a shopping plaza. They popped up. They seemingly are supposed to dispense pens for $2 each. However, it was disguised as a dispenser for ceramic crack pipes. The machines were initially tampon dispensers that were ripped out and reinstalled, uh, a firefighter discovered it when he went to buy a pen and found himself holding uh, a crack pipe. People thought because it was the first week of school, machine dispensing pens was not so odd, but clearly uh, that is not the situation. Is this illegal? Like, it's just, because, you know, like, people can sell 
pipes as long as they don't have like Tibet, you know, marijuana or something in it. I read that it's not illegal to distribute it, but it's illegal because these machines were meant to dispense a legal product. Uh, they were meant to dispense something, a, a specific type of product. And here you're dispensing something that's not, you're not supposed to be misrepresentation. Dispensing. Right, and it goes against the codes. My question is, how they can't track who did this? How? Aren't there companies that? Make the that that do this. I think so. You know who installed it? Or finger? We get, we need to get some DNA testing on this. Then again, I looked at the picture of the dispenser. It looks like a weird voting box. I wouldn't get a pen from. First of all, have you ever gotten a pen from a dispenser? I didn't even know that was. A thing. I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't even. Where does I, I? I can never get a pen. Nobody ever has pens anymore. So maybe it's not that surprising that like something that nobody seems to use or that we don't know that people use. Like is distributing crack pipes. Where does one find a pen dispenser? I don't know. I just go to Staples and I get pens there. Yeah, I always ask people for pens, but nobody has. Everybody's on their phone or tablet. Yeah, I, I, I always steal our producers, our producers, uh, Amba's pens. Um, so that's where I normally get my pens. She, she's shaking her head and goes, "I knew it." Yeah, I knew I'm it. a pen stealer. You are a pen stealer. I am. Nobody uses pencils anymore, by the way. Unless you're taking a standardized exam. I know. I don't. I don't like pencils though. Because it, I don't understand. You do. It used to be all they had. Well, now you have those erasable pens too. Oh yeah, I used to like in school the number two pencils. But they were like, oh, it's got to be a number two pencil. And then I realized everything was a number two pencil. Have you ever seen a non-number two pencil? I have. They're like thicker. They're thicker pencils. Don't get. Don't get. Don't get smart with me. Okay. <laughs> don't get smart with me. You never been art class? But, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. I would, <laughs> imagine a big standardized exam. I take the giant pencil that you buy in like a sugar factory, like you know the giant toy ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, this is kind of. Imagine if you were trying to get something though, and something entirely different pops out. Um, I would think maybe like for pen dispensers, would it be just like little kids trying to get it, and then they go home, they're like. Oh look, I got a pen from this pen dispenser, and then the parents are like, "Actually, that's a crack pipe." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, son, that's a crack pipe. Hand that over to me. No, the worst feeling is when you are thinking you're gonna get something, you get something totally different. Little sidebar here. I remember I was at a buffet, yeah, and I had saw all this like smoked salmon, like a bagel, cream cheese, smoked salmon. I made a giant sandwich. I bite into it. Yeah. Not only was it not smoked salmon, it was ginger. Ginger salmon? No, just ginger. Oh, ginger. Because oh. it was a sushi station. Didn't see that. <laughs> so imagine biting into something that's A, not what you thought, and B, it's ginger. Oh, wow. I'm sure it's the same exact thing with the crack pipes and the pens. This seems like the exact same situation. It's yeah. scary, though. Like, um, we, we are trusting the people who fill those machines to fill them correctly. I mean, listen, there was crack. It doesn't seem like there was any crack in it, just crack pipes, right? Yeah. That's the next dispensers. Let's, yeah. So maybe the, I don't know if there's a, another play after this. Like you get the crack pipes there, and then you get the, it somewhere else. Maybe this is a whole scheme. I don't know. I, I think it is. If you give people the ways to smoke, like a product, and then maybe it was from the drug dealers, yeah. in the area, and be like, hey, we want our product to be out there, but people don't have crack pipes. Let's help them out. Yeah, I mean, this is expensive for a pen. Two dollars a pen. So like maybe they should have expected that it was a crack pipe. That is kind of expensive for a pen. Yeah. Then again, no one has pens. Yeah. Supply and demand. <laughs> Um, all right, we won't rate this one, but interesting. Look out for those in Long Island. Uh, yeah, <laughs> be on the lookout. Be careful. Yeah. Um, so that's it for today. Uh, we'll be back next week. We air our episodes every Wednesday. We'll also be on Above the Laws podcast, Thinking Like a Lawyer, which will probably air next Tuesday if you want to check it out. Uh, but in the meantime, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Guys Who Law, and we'll see you next week.